1: What's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the two minute warning podcast right here on the blogging the boys podcast network powered by SB Nation your host Dave Sturchio alongside two of the premier writers of BloggingTheboys.com. that's Aiden Davis and of course Tony Catalina guys how are we feeling today it is Giants week it is week 15 and it's not like the NFL is going through anything right now so it's it's a very calm week right. <laughs> dude uh, yeah, what what an uh, what an absolute nightmare uh covid has turned into and i i make this joke very very lightly and i don't want anybody to take this the wrong way but i did put a tweet out the other day it was actually kind of funny i said while dak prescott was your heavy favorite you know this this could be you know covid19 could win nfl comeback player of the year because i feel like <laughs> it wasn't around for a little while or at least it was it was very minimal right the, the, the nfl did a great job With their protocols and their, you know, their their necessary steps to prevent all of this stuff, but there are some outbreaks. There is some schedule changing. Aiden, I bring it to you first. You know, before we tackle the Giants, literally and figuratively, like you got the Washington Football Team game, uh, which was big on our schedule because you know we're waiting to see. We were going to wait to see who wins that game because if the Washington Football Team were to uh, lose. And we beat the Giants. Ultimately, it looks like the NFC East is a lock. Now we got to wait till Tuesday. But the bigger question is: before we move on to the Giants, like, is there a chance that this game gets moved? The Washington Football Team Dallas game is scheduled for next week, and we would obviously preview that next week. But right now, it's slated for a Sunday night football game. Is this thing been, is going to get moved too?
2: It's tough to tell right now, just because these reports just came out. But I will say, there's a couple arguments working against that game getting moved the most important in my opinion being that if you move it to monday the cowboys are still gonna have a two-game advantage no matter what like the cowboys are gonna have that extra rest no matter where you move it to and tuesday to sunday night really isn't a huge deal for washington obviously it put them at a slight disadvantage but it's it's not as bad as a thursday night game and the other thing working in the cowboys favor right now is the fact that They are the Sunday night football game, and so it would just be a mess with scheduling where you'd then need to flex somebody into the Sunday night game. You need to move the Cowboys, which would then potentially have an impact on the Monday night game. And so just because it's a Sunday night game, I hesitate to say it will get moved, but there's always a chance.
1: And I'm going to assume that they would actually – Uh, You know, Sunday Night Football will be hard-pressed to move them considering the ratings. You know, the the Cowboys are ratings, baby. You know what I mean? Like, you're all tuned in. Regardless if you love us or you hate us, we do draw the numbers and draw the eyes, so I'd be hard-pressed to think that Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth would want to call anything else but the Cowboys watching the football team game. Tony, uh, obviously, you know, me and you went back and forth. Um, Protocols are what they are, and it looks like they've shifted a little bit, but it looks like the protocols are shifting again on Monday – do you think the Cowboys uh, have a little bit of an advantage considering the fact that I think for the most part, I don't know, you can't quote me on this, but the Cowboys are majority, you know, the majority of them are vaccinated and some of them already went through this crap already. You know what I mean? So now you're looking at it. Do the Cowboys have the upper hand here when it comes to teams that have been affected by this virus?
3: I mean, yeah, they've had a couple of um, outbreaks themselves. They've dealt with some issues, you know, throughout the year. And, you know, it's going to come down to, unfortunately, in this day and age, like timing. And, you know, can you you bunker down? And it's going to be the more disciplined team that – I think is going to prevail in this situation. You might see them do type of a bubble situation for the playoffs teams that are serious, might lock in and see what can they do to take extra measures because they understand, you know, where we are. It's December and, you know, the, the games mean everything starting to move forward here. So um, I think we are in an advantage. I mean, we've kind of dealt with the team itself. I say we, but the team dealt with a couple of different scenarios already. They kind of know within the building of how it looks, what the protocol calls for, what works. And so, you know, I say that now as they look to be one of the better teams handling it because of all the situations going on. But, yeah, you got to feel good about the way they've handled it and kind of gotten through it so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it remains to be seen to see how all this is going to shake out. We do know there's a lot of movement. As you guys are listening to this right now, it might be Saturday. It might be Sunday. But what we do know is that we're going to get an NFL week 15 from Saturday to Tuesday. So there's going to be a lot of football to go over for the next couple days. Uh, So technically, if you're thinking about it, we might be doing a, a round table during the Eagles and the Washington football team game. How crazy would that be? It's almost like a little bit of a watch party, right? That's fun. We'll all have a good time. We'll we'll all uh we'll all grab a solo cup like Tony had last week, and who knows what was in that thing, but I guess that thing, whatever was in that cup, got you that gold medal, right? I mean, I, I still I, I still know? feel like it's a fraudulent thing. <laughs> I won the damn thing, but whatever. I can't pick up the mojo. I gotta but come with it we'll, again. What what was that?
3: I said, you know, if it worked one time, so maybe I could come back with the Red Cup. All like you right. You said, sounds you know, good. two times in a row.
1: Sounds good. All right. So, look, we do got the New York Giants on the schedule. I myself will be in attendance for this game. I went back and forth and I said, you know what? Do I want to do it? Do I want to deal with the Giants fans? But then I'm realizing, I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. You know, this might be like 75% Cowboys fans. So it always is that in New Jersey, the tri-state area. You know, they don't call America's team for nothing. Um, There's a big representation over here in New Jersey. For God's sakes, I do the Jersey Boys podcast literally on this network because we got three big fans from New Jersey. Uh, I'm excited about the elements. I'm excited about it being a little cooler in the morning and then obviously warming up throughout the course of the day. Weather doesn't seem to be a a factor going into this one. Um, But again, the spread is what drives me nuts. When you look at a team like this, Aiden, last week we obviously get the win over the Washington football team, we kind of, like, crawled out of there. You know what I mean? Basically, you know, the defense played great, but then Dak Prescott, you know, he's admitted already that he's been playing, you know, poorly, a couple bad decisions here and there. Is that spread justified? Are the the New York Giants that much worse of a team than the Washington football team? They're 10-point dogs at home.
2: Yeah, the spread surprised me at first until I realized, I mean, this – Struggling Cowboys offense did beat the Saints by 10 points on the back of their defense alone. And I Dude. even hesitate to say I think the Saints offense might still be better than the Giants offense with Mike Glennon leading the pack. So, I don't think the spread's absolutely ridiculous, but I will say I do the over/under is not insane for the what how much points the Cowboys are favored by, so they are projecting the Cowboys essentially to shut down the Giants which, I mean, is a very real possibility based off what we've seen these past two weeks.
1: Tony, uh, there's been a lot of talk. There was a 13-minute interview or media session with Dak Prescott yesterday, and I I got a chance to watch, and I'm sure you guys did too for your your writing and your articles and whatnot. But one thing that he was admitting is that he's not playing his best ball, right? Do you think this New York Giants team – now, look, when the Giants were coming into the season – you look at the Giants as a whole and you would think the strong suit was, in fact, their defense. You know, like overall, their offense was coming in with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, all that stuff going into the year. But the strong point was their defense. Is this the perfect get right situation for Dak Prescott going into the final four games?
3: I mean, absolutely. If you just look at history, if history if tells you anything, the way Dak Prescott plays against the Giants since 2017, he's eight and oh. He's had 284.6 passing yards per game. He's had 19 touchdowns to three interceptions, and his QB rating has been 113.5. So, yeah, Dak Prescott, doesn't matter if it's in New York or Jersey, doesn't matter if it's in uh, Dallas. He, he plays well against this Giants team. And I think it's the perfect, exactly what the doctor ordered for him to get right, get back on track. And, you know, I don't care if they're playing a peewee football team. You know, to go out there and play a good offensive um, output, you know, putting some production out there where everything looks like it's clicking. It's going to carry. It's, you know, this game's about you know, momentum a little bit. It's about kind of mojo. You're only as good as your last game. So I think that this is a massive opportunity for this Cowboys offense to get right because this defense, I mean, it it needs some help and it, it, it deserves some help in the way it's been playing lately.
1: So do you think this recipe, this has the recipe for not only a get right game, but then also the narrative that we put out that us as, you know, either Cowboys fans or members of the media will be excited, will be happy about it. But are the outsiders going to say, well, you, you beat the Giants, you know, like is, that, is that, is that coming? Is that in our future? Naturally.
3: I mean, I I think we're going to hear that about Dak Prescott in his career until he makes it to an NFC championship game, until he wins the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't, you know, you know, just as well as I do, Aiden does too. We'll take these wins, we'll take these quality performances. These are professional athletes. He wins the Super Bowl, perfect. But right now, I want to see him go out there and thump the Giants. I don't care who's out there playing.
1: Speaking of who uh, is out there playing, it seems to me that they're going to be getting Cedric Wilson back in the starting lineup. So, you know, we were talking about happening. Well, starting lineup, I say that meaning, you know, he's dressing. Uh, but when we have a guys like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, you add a Cedric Wilson. This is a big deal, I think, as far as the passing attack. Now, the passing attack is one thing. Shifting gears to the running game. Zeke Elliott obviously going to be getting the the bigger, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the majority of the carries again, much like he did last week, except, you know, when they spelled in Corey Clement and that one dynamite run out of uh, Hardy. Uh, but, like, w- when you look at this now, Aiden, from what you gather, Tony Pollard seems to be a true game-time decision now. Now, I'm not – you can't – obviously, you're not a doctor, right, and you can't predict how he's feeling. But in a game like this, you're the 10-point favorites with him as a questionable, right? And it, obviously, the Cowboys – outmatch the Giants in basically every department. I want to say maybe they might have a better long snapper. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea where the Giants could possibly pick up as far as, uh, you know, better than the Cowboys in any regard. Do you sit and rest Tony Pollard? I know we were talking about that with Zeke because he's our workhorse. He's the guy that gets the rock a lot, you know, but when you look at this game as a whole, this team should be okay. Minus Tony Pollard. Do you let him sit one more time?
2: I'd give him one more game. Yeah, I think this is the perfect game to, I mean, it's kind of getting ahead of yourself, but like last week, I'd be fine if you have a big lead sitting Zeke for most of the second half. That's assuming a big lead, which is kind of getting ahead of ourselves. But the Giants run defense is bad. And I, in my opinion, whoever we trot out there is going to find success. Like last game, I Zeke put up 110 yards. Tony Pollard added another 75 on the ground. So this is a run defense that the Cowboys have exposed in the past. Granted, that was under different circumstances with our offensive line, but I'd be I'd be hesitant to play Pollard at all. And then if if you have if the situation warrants it in the second half, give Zeke a little bit of time off. Let Clement Hardy, maybe Edo Smith run some too. So Edo should be on roster <laughs> after last week. Is he? I yeah, I haven't heard anything <laughs> about Edo.
1: What are you thinking, uh, Tony? You thinking that Tony Pollard sits this one out because of the fact that we're, you know, kind of, I, I listen, I have a hard time ever getting confident about anything. You know what I mean? When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, this is the kind of game, like, remember, we came into this stadium to play Adam Gase in the New York Jets and fell short. So things can happen, right? So are you okay with just kind of letting Tony Pollard sit this one out, or do you want to see him
3: get back in there? Like, well, how do you feel? I was at that game, by the way. Yeah, oh, so that, I, joke, yeah, I <laughs> so went to that game that. thinking, yeah, I'm like, you know what? We're going to have a nice weekend in New York. I'm going to see a win. And it didn't go out like that. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to. You're on the side of caution with Tony Pollard. I think um, him being a game time decision, they've been leaning on the side of caution for him and for really for the whole team, honestly. I mean, so um, if they feel like they can get offensive production, especially with Cedric Wilson back, they might get creative. You know, Zeke Elliott keeps telling everybody he feels great every week. He feels better than the week prior. And, you know, if that Washington game didn't get closer than it should have, Zeke probably wouldn't have touched the ball. Much at all in the second half, but I think money, y'all. It might have been, it might have been you, Dave, but that mentioned that it. it was like, you know, you say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott, but they put him back in the game when things got hairy there. So, you I mean they needed him to finish the business, but, um, yeah, I would love, you know, I would love to see Tony Pollard out there, but understanding that just he's a key player. he He's a big part of this offense. He's dynamic. He's explosive. So if they think one more week can get him back, you know, you know, ready for Washington, whatever the case may be, I think it'll be better. And, you know, I think this offense has enough power, high power offense to make it happen against this Giants defense. I mean, Tony Pollard should make a break this team scoring points.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, ideally, I would love to see Pollard out there because I'm going to be there in person. You would love to see the guy run. But obviously, for for selfish reasons, that is. Uh, but for the Cowboys reasons, I say, you know, if this is a game that you feel confident in the fact that even your third and fourth running backs can get it done over, you know, over a bad running defense like the Giants have, then, yeah, then I would sit him out. But remember this offensive running game and passing game only go as far as what their offensive line can do. And obviously we're missing Tyron Smith. He's going to miss this one. And to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know what they're saying right now, but I'd be hard pressed to ever see Tyron Smith again in the regular season. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Um, There's still four games to go. They're all winnable games. Even the Cardinals one seems a little bit more winnable with the the departure of, of Hopkins, but from a from a, a hole, Aiden, when you look at this offensive line down Tyron Smith. Now they're gonna move Steele over there. He's obviously the swing tackle going forward, right? So Steele will play is it Steele or Neshke? or Niski, whatever his name is. Steel. It's, it's
3: Steel, Everything right? In the yeah, same so Steele.
1: that's yeah. what I'm thinking. But now that's not the only story on the offensive line, is that Connor Williams, I believe, has battled his way back and he's gonna be starting. I mean, is that is that something that you're reading and picking up on, Aiden?
2: Yeah, this is something that there's been a lot of talk about it this week is that everybody's kind of comparing Connor Williams versus Connor McGovern. And it kind of seems like it's coming from Dallas Cowboys camp that maybe they're seeing him take first team reps. I don't know. I don't really know what's happening. There hasn't been anything official said, but it kind of seems like that move could happen in the somewhat near future, especially if the offensive line continues to struggle I mean, we'll see what happens. I will say I am worried considering the fact that last time we didn't see Tyron this year, things went bad there for a while. That was, if you guys remember the struggling Broncos game, and then, which kind of, I don't know, kind of caused a downturn. I'm just, I'm scared for the offensive line. When Tyron Smith leaves, things just seem to completely fall apart. It doesn't matter who you put in there. And so I'm glad we have the Giants this week, which they have a very poor pass rush. And so... And If
1: we'll I'm mistaken, Leonard Williams is out too, right? I is that right? I mean, that's yeah. the, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. heard yeah. So Tony's Tony's giving me the nod about that one. I believe Leonard Williams is out, and that's one of their better you know pass slash run stoppers uh, that they have. So Tony Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, you're are you giving the nod? I know we've talked about this already on this podcast in particular, on the roundtable, on all your on every basically every podcast across the blog and the Boys Podcast Network is talking about Connor Williams. And Connor McGovern, is it time to make the switch back? Are we, are we like apologizing to, to Connor about the or Connor Williams about all the penalties and the reason why we were benching him in the first place?
3: You know, I, I I applaud their effort to try to make a change. Right? They saw a guy out there who, um, you know, was causing the team and costing the team yards and costing drives and things like that. I mean, ten yard penalties put you behind the chains, behind the sticks, and it's just it's never good for the offense. So I applaud them trying to make a change and and see what they had in the guy there. And um, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's enough film to tell you. That Connor Williams is the the superior player in this at least at the left guard spot, right? I mean, Connor McGovern, I think the reason why everybody felt so good about him is because how he played at right guard in week one and you know, in absence of Zach Martin. But you know, it's playing on different sides of the line is a two different beasts. I think anybody would tell you it's a, and that's what makes people a little nervous about Terrence Steele playing left tackle, because it's not the same as right tackle. And he's already alluded to that fact. So I think at the end of the day, Connor Williams is the better player. They've They've realized that, they've they've kind of admitted that, and we'll see, if, you know, because Aiden touched on it, there has been some rumblings from people in the know that they feel that that is, move is imminent at this point. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, Mike McCarthy likes to play coy. Kind of surprised Jerry Jones hasn't spilled the beans on it yet because he typically does that. And um, But I think if they do move to Connor Williams, and I think if they think the quality play is better, they can probably live with the penalties or hope that the penalties get minimized. But that is the better player in, in today's day and age right now.
1: I think it's uh, I think it's hilarious when like Mike McCarthy and in his press conference will be like, uh, you know, wh- wh- who's going to start here? Like, well, we haven't made a decision yet. And then like eight minutes later, Jerry gets on the radio and he's like, oh, no, we made a decision. This is the decision. Yeah. Here we go. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Hold on. Can everybody get on the same page for a second? Right. Like everybody, <laughs> calm down. Um. Yeah, you mentioned being down Zach Martin. I'm surprised they didn't want to move the. NFL opener to Sunday, considering, you know, a COVID case, you know, why not do that? You know, so <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's come and gone. And, uh, you know, that's a moral victory Monday as I, I, went into that one, uh, and my daily show, I said, look, you know, I felt better about that loss than I did like the saints win, you know what I mean? So, uh, it left
4: me with optimism. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V-A-N-29.com.
1: Now, look, when, when we look at the Giants, right, when we look at the New York Giants, Mike Glennon is is going to go. Um, it seems to me that Saquon Barkley is still somewhat Saquon Barkley, right? Their offensive line is something that they really haven't addressed in in years, which you would think, like, if they're going to invest in all this money in this offense, you would think that they want to build a line, and it seems like Gettleman and those guys have kind of just neglected it. Is there anything about this this Giants offense now going into week 15? Aiden, I'll start with you. Anything st- scare you I mean like the way the defense is playing we'll get into one guy in specific after we talk to the Giants but like you know overall like the Giants offense yeah they put up some points here and there but it, I feel like it was mostly garbage time you know what I mean like does anything of this Giants team kind of have you shaking
2: it's gonna sound cocky but not at all I mean this Giants team this is before the defense really got rolling and we still held them to 20 points and I don't remember but I feel like wasn't seven of that like garbage time points. I am we had yeah. that we we had them completely beat in that game. There is zero doubt in my mind that I mean we played Mike Glenn last time. We'll play him it seems like we're going to play him again this time. There is a 0% chance that Mike Glennon is going to be able to handle DeMarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons better than Taylor Heineke did. And if you can shut down the passing game, sure you kind of allude to it. Saquon Barkley looks all right, but the problem is, is their offensive line is horrible, so they can't get any traction going in the run game. They use him in the pass game, sure, he's like an Alvin Kamara, but less dynamic in the pass game. So, so then yeah, he's not some, like Alvin Kamara, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean, he's like Alvin Kamara light in the passing game, I guess. And so, <laughs> I like that it's not really nothing scares me. They have pieces, but without a real quarterback, no, nothing scares me. Tony,
1: you share the same sentiment or, you, or I mean, you are the resident like warrior. And I think I think I'm almost in the same regard to you. I think only when people are like, oh, the Cowboys are going to blow them out. Right. I'm just like, oh, man, can you just not say that ever again? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear that because I get nervous. But do you think that there's anything on this Giants offense that makes you feel like, you know, we might be outmatched, I guess? I don't know.
3: Well, I think Aiden touched on it perfectly at the end there when he said, you know, not with this current quarterback situation, right? I think if if all things considered, all things healthy, which is never the case in the NFL, especially at this point in the year, especially with everything going on with COVID, um, you know, Kenny Galladay is, has made plays in this league. Saquon Barkley has made plays in this league. Um, Evan Ingram, like there's, there are some names that you're like, oh, they got some potential to make some plays. Darius
1: Tony uh, has thrown right. punches in this league. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he is missed on a punch in this league so <laughs> so there are guys that you know in a in a vacuum you're like okay this team can make plays then aiden will lose to it this offensive line can't block anything um you know at the end of the day mike glennon is is not going to get it done and, and i don't like to talk cocky like you just touched on it dave i, I i'm i watch every game nervously i don't care if who is you know the little giants so for me it's i don't I don't want to do this as far as like, you know, we feel good, but I feel really good. And if we were to lose this game, I think it would be a serious, serious issue. So yeah, that's about as far as I'll go with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll make our predictions in a little bit, but I I, I do have to bring up one guy and finally uh, he's getting, um you know, he's getting some odds on all the gambling sites of defensive player of the year. And that's Micah Parsons. Now, Aiden, given the fact that Micah Parsons has had the year he's had, has had the last six games where he's literally just brutalizing offenses, right? What are the odds that you think, in your gut, what are the odds that that Micah Parsons can be a two-time, like a double champ here? You know, what are the odds that he takes two belts at the end of the year and holds them up? And I'm talking about defensive rookie of the year
2: and defensive player of the year. I'm going to put it at like, 25, uh, 20%. I do think it's just kind of the unfortunate situation of the NFL where at the when they're choosing defensive player of the year, they take sacks or like 90% of the equation. And then maybe some like defensive pressure, or something's remaining 10%. And so what you're seeing with Mike, he's when you're talking about the most valuable defensive player to a singular team. Michael Parsons is 100% the guy he can do. He's doing everything for this Dallas Cowboys team. He has about half of his snaps in the pass rush. And yet he's putting up equivalent numbers like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. The only issue is, is that he's not putting up the same pass rushing numbers as them. And so I don't think they're not really c- taking into account the other things that Mike Parsons is doing. So I say 25%. But if you ask me, he is by far the most valuable player to it, Any singular defense.
1: All right, I like it. Tony, how do you feel about uh our boy Micah? I mean, like obviously he's 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 caused havoc, he's beaten up people. He's uh, and you know it's funny to Aiden's point, you know, you say like he doesn't have the, the rushing number, like the, the you know, defensive pass rush. It's because because he plays multiple positions, you know what I mean, which is nuts. And and that alone makes me feel like that that should give you an MVP or, or a defensive player of the year nod because he does so many things. Uh, what is your stance right now? You're you got four games to go, Tony. Can Micah Parsons make a play for Defensive Player of the Year?
3: I mean, I think it'd be crazy to rule him out at this point. Like, there is some stiff competition with Miles Garrett and TJ Watt being these big household names who are putting up big numbers, right? But at the end of the day, this award is it's not so much based on analytics as it is based on just like feel and emotion sometimes. So if Michael Parsons and this Cowboys team, you know, do a sweep into the end of the rest of the season, he continues playing on a, a tear that he has been playing. I, I just be hard pressed to see how they don't give it to him because it's an actual budding star. Who is, you know, off the field a good guy? You know, what I mean, somebody who's just all ball. Everything he does is, ta- you know, is football oriented. I think he would be one of these guys that the league would love to, like, you know, to piggyback off to be the next guy in this league. So um, his play on the field puts him in that position, right? All that extra stuff doesn't matter to him, and all that extra stuff really shouldn't matter. But the, the fact of the matter is, there's this politics in it, and there and there are some different factors. And and you know, as far as his play goes, it's unquestionably a defensive player candidate to see a rookie not even be listed to being a top three. He's over Trayvon Diggs. He's right there in the mix. I mean, he has some chances and some games against some teams that he could feast on. So yeah, I mean, he should be squarely in the conversation. I don't think anybody would be surprised, shocked or upset if he did win it
1: true i am in firm agreement with miles garrett he he does he can change a game a lot of people are like well he's a game wrecker he could change the game and i'm like well so can michael parsons you know what i mean like so i think there's very big comparable numbers uh as far as as statistics go too which is is, it's crazy um now look i'm gonna go off the off the grid here i'm not R.J. Ocho. i don't just come up with games to play i will say that i have a couple things that i want to actually get to about the giant game because if if you're going to have a good fun conversation about the New York Giants uh there should be you know the the, the Giants fans should go out there and not feel good about this at all (laughs) in this segment in particular right give me one bold prediction meaning it doesn't necessarily going to happen or maybe the likelihood of it happening is slim and none Aiden bold prediction about the New York Giants Dallas Cowboys matchup going into this
3: Sunday
2: I'll give the bold prediction that Dak Prescott throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns. And then come Monday, or I guess come Tuesday for the roundtable, when we're all huddling around, the question isn't going to be talking about the slump. The question is going to be, is this prescriptive of the game moving forward? Or You guys touched on it. Is it just because we played the Giants? Is it larger than that? Is he really back on track? My prediction is a big game from Dak Prescott.
1: Three fifty four touchdowns from Dak Prescott. Tony,
2: top that, boy!
3: I say the the defense pitches a shutout, complete game, zero points. I think the Giants don't score a single point, and uh, I, if if this defense is real, like we know they are, there there's a there's a chance to smother this offense, and and I think that this week would be an absolute. Uh, not to make them cocky, but you almost want that a little bit. They want to have that swagger back, and I think a nice zero would do that for them.
1: Ready ready for my bold prediction that's going to set the world on fire. Ready for this? Micah Parsons in this game will record a sack, a strip, and a pick. So he's going to do all three, going for the trifecta. He is going to sack Mike Glennon. He's going to pick Mike Glennon, and he's going to strip somebody, whether it be Mike Glennon, poor guy, or Saquon Barkley, or anybody with the ball. I think that he's going to be around the ball. And if we saw it last week, which I was just like, wait a minute, was Micah just playing safety? Like, why why was he even involved in that potential interception, Uh, which is, again, just a testament to his game. Uh, But give me the trifecta for Micah Parsons. And I guess that would actually go along with with Tony's shutout, meaning, you know, every time that the Giants even get close, something happens where the Cowboys shut it down. I am all in favor of Aiden's right now, because I think a lot of the scrutiny and a lot of the talk is about Dak Prescott's play over the last month. And if this is the get right game that we need it to be, we need it to be like it's not like he obviously he needs it to be as well. But as Cowboy fans. If we can go out there, it's still an NFL team. You're still playing NFL defense, and you're going to go out there and try to light the world on fire. And if I think if he does, the narrative will automatically shift and people will feel a little better going into the final three weeks of the season. Now, again, it's very hard, very, very hard to come up with all the content in the world when it comes to a Cowboys Giants game. Cowboys coming in nine and four, you flip the script, and the Giants coming in four and nine. So it is officially the two-minute warning. We're going to get into predictions. I want scores. I want I want exactos. Okay, I want exact scores of where it's going to be because I believe there's somebody within the three of us who nailed last week's score. If you if you nailed last week's score, raise your hand. Oh, that's right. It's Mr. Tony Catalina. He nah. literally predicted the right score last week, 27-17. that uh, was it? No, 27-20? 27-20, 27-20, 27-20. Yep.
2: And yeah. And not only did he nail it, he like predicted the situation that the points would come in, too. <laughs> like, it's like he watched the game beforehand. Tony Stradamus uh, over here.
3: It was crazy because, like, you, you know, I mean, we watched enough football to know that like, nothing is going to be absolutely perfect with this Cowboys team. So I'm just like, what do I think is going to happen? Oh, yeah, they're probably going to dominate, and then they'll make it look closer than they did. And I'm like, man, it's almost like I should have played the number.
1: Gross. Disgusting. Horrible. But anyway, good job last week, even though we all sweat that one out for no reason whatsoever. Starting with Aiden, give me a score. Give me, give me a score and give me a game ball. Like, it's one thing you could say. All right. I mean, I don't know if you maybe get, like, Basically, gave your game ball away already with a 354 touchdown performance. But outside of your prediction, give me a score and give me a game ball. So give me somebody that you just didn't say, like anybody but Dak right now. All
2: right. So I'm going to try and be like Tony. I'm going to try and nail this game. So obviously, I'm having Dak 354 touchdowns. I think by the end of the third quarter, Dak throws the fourth touchdown, essentially puts a nail in it, makes this. I say the Cowboys at that point are up. Let's go weird. Let's go 29 points, 29 to seven. And then the kind of like last week where the giants come back a little bit in the fourth quarter, but it's not like last week where the game's never in doubt. I think the final score is 29, 21 games, essentially over the, to start the fourth quarter though, game ball outside of Dak. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Connor Williams comes back in the game this week and absolutely pushes people around and the entire time we're like why in the world was this guy not starting
1: i like that i like that a lot i just don't like or i don't understand how i mean i don't know if there's been a game where a team has finished with 29 points in this season alone i don't know i may, may be wrong I, I, I don't know i'm
2: going bold i'm gonna try and nail it
1: all right 29 21 tony catalina do the cowboys walk out of MetLife
3: victorious You know, for me, I I put myself in the corner with the zero points because it's a bold thing, so I got to stick with it. I'm thinking the score will be 27 to zero, right? But I think, and I think you mentioned don't give the game ball the deck but I, I, but I want to in this instance because I feel like he's gonna come out there. He's gonna play a complete game. I could see him doing something that's like over eighty percent completion percentage. I could see him making all the right throws, all the make call, all the right checks. So I just think this is a game that Dak Prescott is, you know, fully comfortable. He understands his shortcomings up until this point. He knows he wasn't playing his best best ball. And what's better than playing a team you you have never, I you mean, know, you haven't lost to since you know the, he's eight and zero against them since two thousand seventeen. So you feel real good about that. And you know, I want to give him the game ball. Game ball because if that comes out humming here and, uh, and playing well, this could really project and move forward to this offense being exactly what we think they are. And it could be a great uh, recipe for that defense over there.
1: I like it. I like it. 27 0. That's a complete throttle thrashing by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm in that regard as far as the points go. I got them scoring more points than both of you guys. You know, Aiden with the awkward 29 points, and then you got Catalina with the 27. I got the Cowboys scoring 33, so not too much more. Maybe a couple more field goals. Greg the makes us sweat a couple out, or they, you know barely gets it in. Just make sure you set them up on the left hash, and we'll be good to go. Um, so I, I give me the Cowboys 33, and the Giants. I want to say 17. I think the Giants, for whatever reason, score first. I know this is gonna it's gonna make everybody sweat for that minute and a minute in time. But then the Cowboys get right. They get all their, you know, they get all their facilities and they, and they get out there and they they take care of business. I do like a big game out of Dak Prescott. I don't care that it's the Giants that they're playing. We need this better than anything else on this team right now. But I will make this prediction as well. Not so much bold, because I think it could be done. Um, Zeke Elliott rushes for over 150 yards. I, I like Zeke in this game, especially if Tony Pollard's out and they're gonna rely on Zeke early and often and this rush defense not being as good as it is and Connor Williams coming back in there pushing people around like you say he's going to do Aiden I like Zeke to have the game ball here and and just do a bunch of the feed me things and have the entire crowd going crazy for him because again I predict 75 to 80% cowboy fans cuz if you look at the the secondary markets which I did for a little while until you know I found my buddy uh, hooked me up uh but the secondary markets there were like face value for every like people were just trying to not go to this game and I don't know if these guys are having some buyers or more selling all their tickets to the Cowboys fans because I don't know if you guys know this but the Giants just today and as we record it's on Friday have announced that it's fan appreciation day on Sunday in which if you're in attendance and you're a season ticket holder they will give you ready I mean listen the the, the Mara's and the Tish's I, I, it's like the gift that keeps on giving over there there's generous generous people they're going to give everybody in attendance a free that's right. Free. F-R-E-E. F-R-E-E. Yeah, I spelled that right. Free, right? Medium soft drink. Come get <laughs> some, bro.
2: I will say, Listen. I think every week should be fan appreciation week for the Giants. Because <laughs> if you're a Giants fan who's coming every week at this point, and that's the entire <laughs> Daniel Jones era, yeah, hats off to you, man.
3: Yeah, I, I-, I love I how they crunched think- the numbers. What? I love how they crunch. I love how they crunch the numbers, and we're like, you know, a large might put us in a bad spot from financially. So maybe we're gonna make it a medium. <laughs> put them in the red,
1: right? Like, like, oh, I don't know, man. We gotta pay Saquon eventually. Uh, but I will say uh, that the Giants. It, I said this on Twitter. I thought it was a funny tweet. I was like, it's kind of weird that the Giants will put a fan appreciation day on a Cowboys home game <laughs> because it's gonna feel like a Cowboys home game. Listen, we're all laughing right now. We're all giggling and giddy right now. We're all predicting shutouts and 29 points and Dak Prescott throwing for the world. I swear to God, if the Cowboys can't get out of New Jersey with a win, it's going to be, it will be an abysmal holiday season for Cowboys Nation. And I truly think they get it done, but they better not make us sit there and sweat this one out. It's just not fair to us. We need a laugher. We haven't had one since Atlanta. It's been a while. Uh, This one on the road, you know, I think that if they get it done, handedly, we'll feel awesome. ton better going into next week week 16 where we're going to be playing the Washington football team on short rest as of right now as we record this on Friday I don't know I haven't checked my phone there's been no other movement that I can know of Um, but as of right now very very short rest or at least a little shorter one day's shorter rest uh, for the Washington football team that you would have had if you played on a Monday night so look based off of everything we've said the Cowboys should go in there handle business and become 10 and 4 after what happened last year this is like a complete complete turnaround and obviously it all is it's falling on Dak Prescott's shoulders as it should so this has been another episode of the two-minute warning podcast you can follow these guys on Twitter um I don't know your Twitter names you might as well Aiden plug your Twitter because I i i am trying to say I was like at Aiden I have no idea so you might as well do that yourself
2: I'm not 100% but I'm pretty sure it's Aiden A-I-D-A-N 1214 Let's go with that if not Shout out to whoever owns that Twitter handle.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, how can they follow you? I don't know. But <laughs> Tony, what, how about you, bro? Shout them
3: out. It's Tony underscore Catalina. I couldn't, you know, I can't mess that up.
1: Yeah, you can't mess it up. I am at Dave Sturgio. You can follow me uh, during a Cowboys game and realize that I might have a little bit something in common with like, I don't know, a Everson Griffin where it's just like total multiple personalities where it seems like you're just I'm up and I'm down. I'm up and I'm down. I will say this during the game that I'm there more than likely won't be how do I say this in any shape to tweet without you know making it sound like I'm, I'm a complete complete buffoon so I'll stay away from the Twitter machine while I'm there uh, enjoying all those medium soft drinks that I'm going to grab from everybody in my section so for Dave <laughs> Durchill, Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina this has been another episode of the two minute warning podcast right here on the blogging the boys podcast network powered by SB Nation And we'll see you guys next week you, you better hope oh, as a 10 and 4 Dallas Cowboys team.